Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is the Girls Who Do Stuff. It is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Woo, woo. I yeah. did that backwards today. It's okay. All right. I just rolled with it with you. <laughs> is it a sequential goal? Like, yeah. You know? Well, like, well the, I actually, like, I felt out of whack as the words were coming out of my mouth. I was like, this is backwards. We're I usually so say welcome. People are so routine oriented. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff. I am Jenny Midgley, but I did it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Something has to go in order. Like, you can't speak up without... Telling a better story. Well, yes, that yes. has to go. That works. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Anywho, today we are very thankful to have our Girls Who Do Stuff sponsor, Woo-woo! Sadie Harper. She is the owner of not one, but two small businesses. One is called Southern Ambition, where she is a uh, copywriter extraordinaire. I Your love preferences. That name too. Long form content, right? So like blogs, yes. mm-hmm. uh, newsletters, yep. website copy, mm-hmm. articles, that kind of thing. She is a she can ghostwrite your book for Pete's sakes. Um, I am actually ghostwriting a memoir for a gentleman who used to play Major League Baseball at the moment. Awesome. Nice, that's amazing. That All right, we're so going to talk fun. about that. So hold that, yeah. Because yeah. the second business she has is an interior design uh-huh. business, which I just did the. Branding photos for Interior Harmony. Yes. Like I was mm-hmm. giving myself time to remember what the name I was. could tell. <laughs> Wait, don't tell me. It's called Interior Harmony. And yeah, that was super, was that so was fun. a super fun shoot. But, but yeah, so she has an incredible eye for design and like that whole like complimentary. Did you see the Pantone release, the colors of the year for 2021? I saw it. I haven't looked at it yet. So there's two. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. They're gray and yellow. That makes sense. 2021 is gray. That's what they said. It was like the balance of the calming gray mm-hmm. and the bright sunshiny mm-hmm. yellow. It's really pretty. And mm-hmm. I was like, what can I do in my house to make it oh, all? we can talk. And then I was looking at my walls. I was like, oh, wait, that wall's yellow and my couch is gray. Like we already have it. Yeah. It's already, it's already there. But nice. anyway, so we have Sadie here today. And Sadie, we are um, very thankful for her making the Girls Who Do Stuff possible for 12 episodes. Yes, yes. My pleasure. So big thank you for that. And um, yeah, so tell us about your businesses and- you're working on a memoir for a major leaguer, yeah. and you can't say who it is, right? Because you're ghostwriting. Is I there don't an know. NDA? I there's <laughs> not really. Obviously, once he publishes it, like my name isn't actually on the thing. So, like, how know. does one ghostwrite? How do you like, have a pro? How do you have a portfolio as a ghostwriter if you can't take credit? <laughs> Like, you got to trust me. I'm super good. Yeah. Well, references. (laughs) You do have references. And, you know, so I'll use clients and stuff like that. But different things. I did have one project several years ago where I was writing for a national blog. And and they did have me sign an NDA and and say that I couldn't, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. say anything. But so I just say I wrote for this website. I don't, I can't use any of that as You can't use the content as your own. Right. Yeah, this one, I didn't do any of that on my contract with him. I told him I would protect, obviously, proprietary information mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But he's a public figure, so. Right. Uh, but but no, like, I'm going back to my question of, like, mm-hmm. how does one ghostwrite? Do you guys have, like, brainstorming sessions? Do mm-hmm. you, like, does he just, like, verbal vomit on you and then you make it into something cohesive? Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. He actually had an outline <laughs> that he sent me. And I talk with him once a week. And I'm like, all right, here's what this chapter is about. And he just talks and I take notes on my computer and then I'll go back and arrange it in a way that makes it make sense and readable. And so, yeah, we've gone through a lot of his early baseball years and now we're up to the transition of getting out of baseball and into the next part of his career. Nice. Yeah, it's been a fun project. 
I was at a Hay House publishing event a few mm-hmm. years ago, and I did not know that Nancy Levine, who's got tons of books published and like her own show, and like she's a big deal. Ghostwriter, somebody ghostwrited for her, and I was yep. like, "What?" Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know who she is. Oh, look her up. Okay. My mind yeah. was just completely blown, like, and her chick on was one. sitting in the front row, and I was like, "Wait uh-huh. a minute, you're the big deal." Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a big thing. The Obamas with their memoirs that came out recently, I guarantee you somebody else wrote those for them. They are both amazing writers, but pretty sure somebody else actually wrote those for them. It's fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, bigger than you help. think. Yeah. So, yeah, but this guy, he just, I'm like, all right, what kind of scope are you looking for? Do you want guidance? Do you want to, do you want to write it and have me edit it? Do you want to say, no, just write it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Back when my big kids were little. Okay, so my career started post-college. I was a paralegal for five years. I did my internship in the DA's office and then got out of that when I was expecting my firstborn, who was going to be 16. Whoa, crazy. In a week and a half. I know. He's getting his license. He's going to have a Like, it's, I'm so excited. He's, and honestly, like, he's a good kid. He's such a good kid. He really is. He is a good kid. Well-mannered obviously like compassionate and generous mm-hmm. and he's a good one yeah you done good thank you because he's been more th- like the girls are fine like girls i understand girls i grew up with girlfriends i have sisters girls are easy the boy was the one i'm like i don't know how to be a mom to you but we're right. just gonna do this so at this stage i'm really proud of who he's become in a lot of ways he's had some struggles with school this year and he and i told him this a couple months ago i said look you are not one who thinks outside the box you're one who questions why the box even exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you get that from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> why do I have to do things this way? So this whole concept of the corner office with a view, this is, was supposed to be my career aspiration. And then come to find out corporate just was not where I was meant to be. And so when the big kids were little, I decided I'm going to... I'm going to venture out on my own. What am I going to do? So I started, because we all start with an MLM, right? Mm -hmm. So I started with Pampered Chef. I did that for about a year. And then I'm like, you know what? I have enough skills. I think I would rather keep 100% of my profit rather than giving all Mm -hmm. this to a company. So I started consulting with people and doing, like making custom bedding and pillows and bed skirts and things like that. And then I decided I didn't want to be doing all the fabrication because that took too much time Mm -hmm. with having two, my big kids are 15 months apart, Mm -hmm. very close in age. So when they were little, it was a whole lot of like hands-on. Yeah. And so I started shifting into consulting and that's where I started my interior design business, which was a huge learning curve because I had never done anything of that scale before. And all of a sudden I'm doing bathroom renovations and ordering furniture for people. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Am I even? They're paying me, but I, and I promise I won't uh-huh. fuck it up, but I have no idea what I'm uh-huh. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just don't tell the client that exactly. like ever you put on the face and then you go behind the scenes. You're like, ah. I don't know what right. I'm doing. Help. But I'm going to figure it out. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And you just do. Mm-hmm. And I did that until I was expecting my third. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I just, I can't do this right now. And so I put it down and um, it's like, I hope at some point I'll be able to pick it back up. But I just, at that point, I did not have the resources for it. And so then a few random things happened, like getting divorced. And all of a sudden I'm a single mom of three kids with no income. I hadn't worked corporate in 13 years at that point. I'm like, I, I'm not relevant. I don't have any skills. Nobody's going to hire me. And I have three really little kids. So I went to grad school and got a master of science in merchandising business management 
studied a lot of different topics in that, but always intended for that to be the seg back into interior design. And it wasn't like I got to the end of it and I'm like, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden I'm like, I can't put into this the resources I need to at this particular stage. So it's not the time for this. And I really thought it was done. I thought that business was just a past chapter. I wasn't going to go back into it. I'm moving on. Okay, fine. And so I decided to start a writing business. And initially, it's funny because people ask me where I started with Southern Ambition and what I intended to do never happened. I had intended to uh, do market research for interior design companies and then sell them the research, do the write-ups and consumer behavior and product placement and positioning and all that kind of thing. Never happened, not once. Uh, hmm. Now so, it is because you're putting it out there. A, a little bit, yeah. Someone's going to listen to this and be like, ooh, that's interesting. Right. That's so, relevant for me. Um, so then I, I got into just writing for small businesses, doing uh, marketing copy, doing website copy, LinkedIn profiles and bios. And somebody would be like, I need to write a letter to a client. Great. I got you covered. I need to fire a client. I will write the letter for you and make it sound really professional and really keep the business elevated. We really value you as a client, but we just can't serve your need. Like putting together all of this verbiage for them to support this transition, these difficult things that you need to communicate with clients. And that kind of one thing led to another and gosh, it's been almost four years now for that business. And it's very stable and I'm actually really happy with it. And so then earlier this year, I'm like, no, I don't have enough things going on. You know what? I'm going to start my interior design business back up again. (laughs) I have three kids. I'm a single mom. I have a business already. All three kids are all of a sudden schooling at home. So why not? I don't have enough things to keep me busy. We freed up some hours in the day with this COVID nonsense. So, you know. A little bit. Yeah, I'm not driving because having three kids in three different schools on three different schedules, let me tell you what a nightmare. You can say shit show. Okay, I was going to, I was going to, I'm like, are we? You've listed us before. Like, you've (laughs) met me. I I know. (laughs) I was going to say it was a fucking nightmare. Yes. Yes. Say it. It's just, oh my God. It's just, I, it was so much logistically. And because I have 100% custody for two weeks at a time, I get two days off every other week. Mm -hmm. That's it. So all their activities are on me. All their schooling is on me. Like everything, all of this stuff. And here I am, which is why I'm so excited about my son getting his license. Because I'm like, I need you to drive the girls. (laughs) Right? Oh, you thought this was going to be fun. Oh my God. I'm like, kid, no, you are going to drive. And and like trying to get him in the car because as soon as everything shut down, suddenly there's nowhere for him to drive. So trying to get these 60 hours in has been like a little bit of pulling teeth with him because he's all of a sudden very much an introvert. And so he likes being in his room and building with his Legos. Oh my God, does he build the most amazing stuff with Legos? And he just didn't want to leave the house. And I'm like, kid, you got to drive. You have to. I need you to do this. I, I just... You're part I, of the I, team. I deserve a break. Yes, you're part of the team. Yes. And this is now mm-hmm. going to be your jurisdiction. Yes. I've done this for you for 16 yes. years. You're going to yes. fucking drive your sisters for an hour a week. Right, yes. exactly. Yes. I, you know, <laughs> that is, you have to do this. I need you to do this because I'm like all over the place now. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, trying to build and sustain two businesses. And this is income. This is, and I'm finding the second time around with my interior design business, I have a much more process oriented mind with a lot of the details and the operations. And I'm less apologetic about it than I was before. I think I'm more comfortable with who I am at this point in my life. And I think I just, I'm in a different phase because phase one, I was still married. I didn't need the income. Mm-hmm. At this point, no, I'm a single mom. I have three kids. I don't have another source of income. This is how I take care of my family. Mm-hmm. And just simply knowing 
it's okay to charge money for these things. Like mm-hmm. people expect to pay. And if they don't expect to pay, then they're not your client. So that and like having the content writing business really structured my mind to where I'm better at putting parameters around things mm-hmm. and saying, okay, you get this. And so I'll do, once you pay your deposit and sign the letter of engagement, then I'll do your design presentation within two weeks. You get one round of revisions within four weeks and then we're done. Anything else is, and, and right. being able to assess, okay, if you go outside these boundaries, like there's going to be extra cost for you. So if you right. want to keep it really uh, defining the, the process. Yeah, <laughs> You just said the magic word boundaries. Yep. Oh um, my Lord. Yeah. And I'm better about that at this yeah. stage of my life than I was before on every level. Here I am post 40 and your perspective on who you are just simply changes at that point. And you reevaluate who am I, what am I doing mm-hmm. and who am I to other people? And how do I tell other people what I expect from you or what I need from you and and holding the line mm-hmm. and kids it's funny because parenting teenagers is so different than the little kids it really is you can't tell them what to do you have to counsel them through this and be like okay if you do it this way then you might have these results if you do it this way I would rather you do it this way if you want this end result then here are the things you need to do in the meantime mm-hmm. so what you talked about the different perceptions of yourself mm-hmm. what was your pre-40 perception of yourself much more, I think I existed to please everybody else and to make everybody else's lives easier. And there was very much a, a perspective of not inconveniencing people and not making people upset with me. That if I do something and you're upset with me, then I've done something wrong. So that you take it, you internalize it yes. instead of looking at, oh, why are they upset? Maybe mm-hmm. I tri- maybe something I did trigger them, right. but it's not me. Yeah. And so understanding if you're upset with what I'm doing, as long as I'm not intentionally out to harm somebody, if I'm operating within my sphere, then I'm going to say that's a you problem. I'm sorry you're offended. Right. It certainly wasn't well, my intention. And that goes back to boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like I had an experience recently where I laid out the boundaries, stuck to them firmly, mm-hmm. And the other person got upset enough that they stopped even communicating. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to apologize yeah. for telling you what my limits were and then sticking to mm-hmm. them. And you have to, because if you say, here are my limits, and then you let people continually break those over yep. and over and over, what do they learn from you? And this goes back to behavior training. You, t- which, you teach people how to treat you. You yeah. do. And both my undergrad and my graduate degrees are very heavily behavior oriented as mm-hmm. far as studying the theories behind different kinds of behavior and how you train um, mm-hmm. people for different behaviors and how you learn behaviors. And and so understanding that level of things and being able to, to lay these things out. But I think also at this stage, of my life, I'm seeing a lot more positive support from other people. And so like when I said all of a sudden, hey, y'all don't know I used to do this. I'm going to do this again. There's been a whole lot of support for me on that level, like more than I think I expected, because I always had this perspective of I'm going to take up too much space. And if I take up more space, then I'm taking somebody else's space away from them. You kept yourself small. I did. Well, and it because what like, OK, let's say that again. <laughs> Sorry, because it was so important. <laughs> it's very impactful. I don't want to take up too much space mm-hmm. because if I do, then I'm taking away from someone else's space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I do something and somebody else wanted to do that thing, I'm taking their opportunity away from them. This was right. my perspective. And now I look at it, I'm like, you know what? It's, life is not a pie. And even if it is, make your own fucking pie. Go off and you know, make your own pie mm-hmm. over here with your own resources. Like understanding there are opportunities for other people. And I just simply need to like step into my opportunities and take advantage of these things. Because when I don't, I regret it. And you go mm-hmm. on, you're like, I should have done this. And I, I look at, 
I think I look at life differently at this point in that regard too, because if I go on 10 years from now, am I going to look back and regret not doing something now? And I, one of the other things that was very important that you said was that this is your now, like you had the interior design, you mm-hmm. did your, your, you started your copywriting business and then now you're re, re relaunched your interior design business. So this is like your third iteration mm-hmm. of business. And I don't want to miss the the message in that, which was that you said that it seems easier, like mm-hmm. you seem more confident in it. It's because it's your third iteration right. of business. So yeah. you've learned from things mm-hmm. like, this is why I need to have boundaries because yep. I'm not going to let people take advantage of me. And you couldn't have this third iteration of your business until you went through all those other steps yeah. to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So it's it's understanding that, and as Sarah likes to say, it's not problems with your business it's your personal shit that's getting in the way I I think it's so true of your business growth and when you unpack those things and you're like hey like it's a and it's a very common thing for creatives I think more Mm -hmm. so than the the more structured business models because I can tell you it burns me every time somebody's like hey I need a headshot need a Mm -hmm. fast turnaround I'm like I get tagged 50 times in the Mm -hmm. post super What's who's never going to call me the original poster because there's somebody there's six other people in that thread that say, yep, I have a headshot special. It's five images for $50. Mm -hmm. No, first of all, it's not sustainable, right? That's not a sustainable business model people because they look at it like, oh, it takes me X amount of time to take the picture, but they're not thinking about all the other things Mm -hmm. that go into it. And there's actually um, another photographer that I'm teaming up with locally. We're going to start doing business education series on profitable businesses because we need that Mm -hmm. for creatives Mm -hmm. because we evaluate our work as like our productive value. Like we don't look at it like capitalist trap. (sighs) And it's one of those things that we're like, and then you feel bad Mm because when I started out, I was that $50 photographer. All of us started out. We all start there and you all start at a place where you take every job just to get the fee and the experience. At some point you realize I'm working way too hard and I'm not making nearly enough money. And at some point you have to like not There's be apologetic about mm-hmm. making money. No, I'm in this for business. And mm-hmm. people are like, oh, can I get this for free or low cost? I had literally had one gal. She wanted to upload the content to her website for a trial period before she paid to see how it did. And I'm like, no, I've done my job. Like in order to get this, you're going to have to pay your invoice. All right, girlfriend, <laughs> do your own A-B testing on Facebook because right, exactly. you can do that now for free. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What well, I mean? like, and if, and if you, you wanted, it and tell yeah. me how it works. If you don't want to pay for this, then don't go to somebody and right. engage this. And I think that was where I got more comfortable with setting boundaries in business was because copywriting is so much more like concrete. Yep. And so I had one or two instances early on where I went ahead and sent it to them. And then I'm waiting and waiting for them. I'm like, no, no, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so I started the, what I send to people is almost word for word. I'll be like, Hey, I have your first draft ready. I'm going to shoot your invoice over when that's taken care of. I'll send this over for your review. Mm-hmm. Like very clear. Yeah. You need to pay before you get, and really, and you explain this to people and you're like, okay, but what store do you get to go into and take the product home on a trial basis without paying? Mm-hmm. And it's like going to a restaurant. You don't Hi. take the food. Yeah. I'd like to order the $45 filet, $85 mm-hmm. filet and lobster meal with the oyster starter and tiramisu finish. Mm-hmm. And, but I just want to taste it. 
Or, but is it okay? I know the menu says 85, but is it okay if I only yes. pay you 45? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying like to bargain any of those with prices. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's really cool because I know I talk to people as we're networking and they're like, oh, I wish I had a product that was like barterable because yeah, see, I don't. <laughs> and there are some things like people, like that's how I've gotten dog training. Mm-hmm. That's how I've gotten like. Well, I definitely have bartered. It has to benefit me Exactly. Too. And it ha- that's the yeah. other thing, right? Is you have to do value for value. Yes. I got organizing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had my master closet and my vanity organized, which was like the best thing mm-hmm. ever, ever. I've done my kids' rooms. They've been organized. Mm-hmm. Best thing ever. And because, but there are industries where you can't barter, yeah. right? Like you can't barter life insurance. You can't no, barter you're, mortgages you're really or you can't barter real estate. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not going to work. And so I think that's another trap that we will fall mm-hmm. into. And we'll be like, sure, we'll barter. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, we feel icky on the Mm -hmm. back end because it wasn't equitable. Yeah. Right. I had somebody a month or so ago try to push me into a barter and I'm like, no. And in my head, I'm like, okay, but I don't need what you have. I think she was a travel agent or something. And I'm like, but I'm not traveling right now. Right. Nobody's traveling. (laughs) Nobody's traveling. And it's not only that though, but it's being able to have that confidence. Yeah. Right. In your business and those Mm -hmm. boundaries in your business to say, Yep, this I can do, this I can't do. But why are they also bartering? Like this gal, her entire thing was, I don't have the money to pay you. And I'm like, then you're not looking at this like a business. This is not a business transaction. This is you want me to do you a favor Mm -hmm. to get you started. And yeah, I was there too. We all start at this place where you don't have a whole lot of resources. But I'm like, no, I just, this is an income earning business for me. This is my revenue producing. This is how I take Mm -hmm. care of my family. No, this is not something. Good luck. I wish you all the best. But yeah. And that's where my line is. Like when everybody tells me that I'm too expensive, I'm like, yep, I'm a good business investment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not an expense. Mm -hmm. It's an investment. Mm -hmm. It's pouring resources into your growth because it will pay dividends at the end. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Good copy, good photos, good mindset. We're the power team right here. As long <laughs> as we got Joe to do the website. As long as you are priced within your market and you give good client service mm-hmm. and you give good quality product at the end of it, there's a place for you even in a fully saturated market. And that mm-hmm. was what I had to keep telling myself when I was looking at relaunching my interior design business. I'm like, this is a really saturated field. This is a really competitive field. Why am I doing this? What do is I have? Is it saturated though? Oh, it is. Really? Well, yeah. And to me, saturation just means that there's a high need. Yeah. Um, so instead of looking at it of, oh, I have all this competition, it's, oh, this is an indicator that this is a service yeah. that is highly needed. Mm-hmm. And, and telling if you can myself because, yourself, then yeah. it's going to be a long lasting business. Yeah, correct. That and that's will, more what I'm focused right. on at this phase is okay, how do I take this and make this another stream of income where it's sustainable? And I've got mm-hmm. both of these. Sustainable. That's- but yeah, I mean, changing my perspective. So it's not okay, there are a billion other people doing basically the same thing. Yes, different perspectives and individuality and all that aside. But looking at it like, okay, what do I tell my business clients when I'm counseling them? There's a place for you. Even mm-hmm. in a really saturated market, there's a place for you. So now I have to take this into myself. And do I really believe the advice I give other people? You right. know? Am I going to believe this for me? me too. And you know what? I'm finding it's true. And I'm putting this out there and saying, okay, this is another thing I do. Yes, I have multiple skills. Okay, it's fine. But in the past younger, I was very much criticized for all of that and for being better at something than somebody else was. And they were all offended. And now I'm like, okay, maybe that's a you problem, not a me problem. Mm -hmm. And maybe I don't need to apologize for that. And maybe you're not the person who is going to be my support. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to go find other people who are going to be the clients and be the support I need. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's perspective on all these, I'm telling you, 40 is such a like. What do you think it is about 40? Why is that? I think some of it comes from history and expectations where 40 was always over the hill. Everything was black. Mm-hmm. You're basically done and washed up and you've done everything you could possibly do. And this is now the downhill slope of your life. And I don't think it is that anymore, but there's something about it. That it's freeing, I think. You do. It's liberating and you step into this bigger version of yourself. See, I'm the words person. You're better with the words. <laughs> Every, I everything I say, she's, and then I'm going to wordsmith it. It's just kind of like, because I love words and it's so funny, I'll be in conversation and I'll throw out words and and then there's like a pause and I just throw out a word nobody knows. (laughs) I had to look up a word the other day. I was researching something and I was like, I don't know what this means. Did Mm -hmm. you know that a person that makes stringed instruments is called a luthier? Yep. Mm -hmm. Of course you did. (laughs) I did not. I had to Google it. You also have flutist and flautist. Yes, I did know that. Flautist is an out of work flutist. Yeah. Who knew? But I had to look it up because I was like, I, it's L-U-T-H-I-E-R. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do they need two words for that? I was just thinking. Is this a lot of work for flutists, flautists? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was a new one to me, actually. I said something and I'm like, oh, it's a flautist. And like, actually, that's a, a flutist who's out of work. And I'm like, I did not know this. How did when I When I this? was learning flute, they called me a flautist. Interesting. But I was eight. Oh, my God. But like the nuances in words, and this is why, because people, if you hear me not talking, this is why. This is what makes for good content, sister. It does, except that I have to structure the vocabulary to the person I'm writing for. Right. And to their audience. So how does that work? Like, how do you find, all right, so we'll bring it back on track so that Sarah's not like, what the fuck are we doing right now? How do you find the, the voice of your client? I listen to them talk more than anything or I look at what they've written and I'll look at their (laughs) but if they're really shitty writers well but like if they do an intake form and they're just like putting their word vomit on I'm like don't worry about making it sound pretty that's my job Mm -hmm. I'll take it and refine it and Mm -hmm. that's my job so I read what they've written about themselves and I listen to them talk and then I look at their educational background I had an attorney I was writing a resume for and I used the word litigious and she got mad at me I'm like Okay, but A, you're a litigator. <laughs> and B, the people reading this will know what that word means. Like, right. this is very specific to your industry. Why was she mad? Because she thought it was too big and complicated. I'm like, but you're an attorney. You're a litigator. Like, litigious, is, this is appropriate for you. Right. Attorneys are really funny about writing for them. They're pretty particular. But be, having been a paralegal and done some per se work myself, like, I understand a whole lot of that world more than I want to. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, so like this guy, this major league baseball player, listening to him talk, and I just take notes on my computer mm-hmm. like while he's talking and I'll ask some questions here and there. But mostly I just let him talk. In order to be a good content writer, you really do need to be able to get their voice and how they talk. Because when you read whatever it is they're wanting you to write about, whether it's a resume or a bio or their LinkedIn profile or their mm-hmm. web content, whatever it is, it still has to sound like them. Mm-hmm. Because if you read this and think somebody else wrote this for this person, then I haven't done my job as a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. You know, now there are, I have been published. I do have bylines of my own, which is fun to be in print, especially several local magazines and Midtown actually just contacted me again yesterday to write another article for them. Like, oh yeah, I thought they, I thought they were done with me. So yeah, I get another article. So that's always fun. But at this stage of my life, I don't care. And I think like when I was younger, it's funny because when I was really little, I always said I wanted to be a writer. 
But when you think about being a writer as an adult, you think I'm going to be the next Stephen King. I'm going to be mm-hmm. the next Mary Higgins Clark, or I'm going to be the next great novel. I'm write the great American novel. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to it, but that also doesn't pay the bills. Like, right, it's really, really hard. hard. Yeah. When I had first told my sister I was writing, and then. After about, I don't know, a year or something, and I talked to her, and she's like, yeah, I'm glad you were able to actually make that produce, make a business produce out of it. money. Yeah. yeah, like actually produce income for me. And I'm like, but you have to write different things. You can't, even being like articles and freelance and stuff, it's really hard to pitch those to oh. magazines. In the business market, the whole thing is publish mm-hmm. a book. What are your thoughts on that? I've gone in and out of that. There are definitely things in my past that would make very good books, except then I would have to be the face of anybody who had any kind of remotely similar type experience. And I think that would be extraordinarily difficult for me because of the depth of the matters. I grew up in a religious cult. Not a whole lot of people can say that. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of nuances to that which are really intriguing to people. And yet it's still somewhat triggering for me. And so some of it, I think I'm not far enough removed from those things. I don't know. I might, I don't love my creative writing. I'm definitely like when I write for myself, it's definitely much more memoir Mm -hmm. based. When I read my favorite genres are, and this is something when I'm writing people's bios and I ask them what their hobbies are. I like to read. No, don't tell me that. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you like to read. Mm -hmm. Tell me you like paranormal fiction or mysteries or or something. So for me, like my favorites are historical fiction and memoir. So I think probably eventually I might, I don't know what it will be. I think the message that, and for me personally, I think it's an incorrect message of in order to establish yourself as an influence. The credibility. Correct. Mm-hmm. Is get a book published. Mm-hmm. Like y'all let yeah, me that's just. Yeah, baseball well, the, player. Yeah, the like, credibility mm-hmm. is YouTube channel. But that's not book. even true. Like anybody can self-publish any yes, book. It's right. true. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. But people are going, oh, I need my book mm-hmm. and then I'll sell my book and then mm-hmm. my book will lead them into this. See, the those people ladder. I need to talk to because then I can write their book for them and then I don't care what they do with it at the end of it. That's all like, I like. Sadie, was, like we're trying to bust the myth yep. and Sadie's no, but please. But the people who believe that myth, myth come to me. Yeah, they, keep it alive. But I don't like that. <laughs> keep hope alive, people. That yes. Your book then just becomes a way for them to get to know you, yeah. to build that. Yeah. It's like a, a more in-depth business card. Yeah. So then well, give the damn book out for right. free. So, but mm-hmm. you're not going to make any no, money right. off of your book. Right. Like, let me say it again. Stop thinking mm-hmm. that you have to publish a freaking book right. in order to get well, credibility. If you publish, it needs to be a professional accomplishment and not for getting any kind of monetary value out Correct. of it. Correct. Thank right. you. And I have these people where I'll talk to them, okay, but what are your goals with doing this book? And the ones who are like wanting to make it into income, I'm like, I just... Yes, there's a difference. Not yeah. do it if that's your life goal right, right. and you're like, the story's in me and if I, I don't get, get it, it out, out, I'm going to mm-hmm. burst. Yes, mm-hmm. do it. But if your goal is I need to have a book mm-hmm. in order to lead people into my value ladder and yeah. my product, stop doing that. Yeah. So devil's advocate to that though is that one of the ways to leverage your personal brand and to grow your audience mm-hmm. is to reach as many people as possible, yes. right? And then your message will filter through. And if you have good clarity and message and mm-hmm. you've um, built a strong brand and you understand what your messaging is and you're delivering it with clarity, then you, being able to reach as many people as possible is also reaching them on those different avenues, which is why the book the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. the different business pages, the website, the different like talks that you do, those kinds of things make sense. It's right. definitely more multifaceted but than it used to be. It's it has a- to be with a way with, I'm going back to what Sarah says, it yeah. has to be done as a way for 
people to get the same message that you're putting in your Facebook group mm-hmm. and on your videos mm-hmm. and all those things just packaged in the book yeah. so that it's right. a way for people to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Think let's use yeah. Glennon, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glennon was writing blog post out the wazoo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that's what she did. And then they said, well, your blog posts are amazing. Mm-hmm. People, you've created this community. And they're like, now we want to give you a yeah. book deal and take your blog post and put them into a book. Great. Yes, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But to say, and I say this with such passion because I see so many entrepreneurs doing this and they pigeonhole themselves and spend all this time of, I have to write this book. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hell to the no. Right, you, you already have, have the content. You have to be connecting with people. Yeah. You have to like- Instead of writing your book, write a blog post for write a blog yep. post every week for a year. Then you can take all that and repurpose into your book. Yeah. Like or instead or of hand it off to Sadie and she'll polish it correct. and edit it into yeah, a book. Absolutely. Or instead of being like, I've blocked out all this time in my calendar to work on writing my book mm-hmm. and, and self-publishing. Use that time to lead Jen. Yeah. Use that time to get on mm-hmm. a Is social this media. Your highest revenue producing activity. If it's not, then you need to outsource it. Do you like your writing? Does sitting down to write something feel like a chore to you? Is it the thing yes. that keeps getting shunted off to the side more and <laughs> yes. more? Yes, it does. Then you need to outsource it. Like yeah. those are the things. But yeah, really parsing out, okay, what is your intent with doing this? What do you want out of this? Mm-hmm. And yes, I think there's a value to people telling their story. And again, this is something I need to believe for myself because I don't, people are interested in we my story. We obviously I, believe the value of people telling yeah. their story. That's what this but is But in for. a book, like, and I'm a reader. Like, <laughs> I, and yes, yes, I was that kid who read the dictionary. I would reread, I remember reading a book and they were talking about rhododendron bushes and I didn't know what that was. And so I looked it up right. to figure out what it is. But then I ended up reading the whole page, like in before yeah. and after. And I just, I, I did the I same was thing. It's okay. Yeah. It's totally, so, it's way more normal than. People make it sound yes. like so strange. Everyone listening is being like, oh, I did that too. I went down that rabbit hole oh. where I looked on the pages before and after and I looked at all the other words around the world. Did oh, you not do that? No. I've not heard of other people doing no. that. <laughs> We're clearly in our own little. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a normal thing. It's a normal thing. It should thing. be a normal thing. It should be a normal thing. No, I'm, but it's I've heard, <clears throat> I've heard that what Jenny said, that the book today is like a fancy business card. Mm-hmm. I've heard that statement yeah. and read different mm-hmm. books about that. And I think that it's a little pejorative because I think what it is part of your content marketing. Yeah. If yeah. you think that you're going to write a book and that book's going to make you money, that's where you're missing the mark. Correct. Mm-hmm. You're also but missing you're the point. In a, if you're investing, you're investing in, a in the content for a content yes. marketing strategy, mm-hmm. this book helps me because I pull stuff out of it. I do mm-hmm. blog posts. It helps me open mm-hmm. these doors and get better speaking gigs. Right. For speakers, I do sense. think it very much makes sense. And mm-hmm. then you have an opportunity when you go to your speaking gig, looking at you, mm-hmm. to put your book out there. And it's a way for people to be able to reference you again mm-hmm. and again. But I have such a love for the written word and just books. It's funny, though, because I actually prefer reading books on my Kindle app as mm. opposed to having a physical oh my book God. because yeah. it's so efficient. I go to Mr. Mike's used books. No, it's so efficient. I download it. And then when I'm done, if I buy a book, I want it to be a book I'm going to read over and over again. And I don't know that until I bought the book, which is right. why I so, go to Mr. Mike's and then I'll take it back and trade it in for something else. But I like it new. I don't want anybody else to. Taste it. <laughs> I like used books. I'll go to the library. I'll test it out at the library first. But the thing so like I um, so it's interesting. I stopped reading. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was the kid too. that always had the stack, right? Mm-hmm. Like even, and I would read two, three books at a time. I mm-hmm. was always reading because there's such a big age gap with me and my brother and sister that I was like an only child. Mm-hmm. What That's did my parents my do? They would bring me to dinner. They mm-hmm. would go out to dinner with their friends. They couldn't find a sitter. They would just bring me. I would be reading books. Yep. What was I saying? Oh, so I stopped reading when I was pregnant with Nicholas. Mm-hmm. I literally, I lost my attention span. 
I lost you my do. motivation. Mom brain is a thing. Your brain yes. actually and shrinks 10%. I yeah. really like to read like mystery thrillers. Mm-hmm. And I read one by Lisa Scottolini. She's an incredible author. I think she was an attorney before she became an author. Highly recommend it if you like mystery thrillers. But I couldn't read it. Like it was too mm-hmm. much. It was mm-hmm. too heavy. And it took me about two and a half years. And then I mm-hmm. read the Suzanne Collins. I read the Hunger Games. I mm-hmm. read the the Gregor, the, the Overlander series, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Highly recommend it. And I read the Game of Thrones series. Did you? What did you think? That is hours of my life I cannot get back. <laughs> I've never watched it. I didn't need to watch it because I invested my time mm-hmm. in the books. But I read them on my Kindle app. And what I I was found- like, you know that after the second one, you can be like, I don't have to continue. Basically well, the same story. But I bought the set. It was so, like $38. And when you don't have a lot of money and mm-hmm. I invested $38 mm-hmm. you have in to the Kindle app set. You invested $38 and then you made a conscious choice to then be like, and now I'm going to let you suck all be- these hours out of my life. Because I was at the point, that point in my, I, I like I still had it in my head that like when you start a book, you have to finish it. Mm-hmm. There's been like twice that I have not finished a book. I didn't say not. I have put a book down because it was so bad. Yep, I was like, this I is have. a waste of my right, fucking time. No, but that's time. what I'm saying. I couldn't do you that. You have to catch me on the first like page. Like that. you have to get me on the first page. So, I don't have time for that. Shit. And yeah. look, and I yeah. hear that the, the next one's coming out and I, I haven't decided if I'm going to read it or not. But anyway, so I, I got back into the reading mm-hmm. and then I got pregnant with Samantha. Same mm-hmm. thing happened. Mm-hmm. Couldn't read. I didn't read. read for years and years because yeah, with kids and I, when your when your life is reduced to the next fifteen minutes at a time, like around the clock, mm-hmm. I just I did not have the time or the patience to sit down and read, and so I let it go for a long time. And then the last several years, especially post post divorce, I got back into it, and I'm like, oh, I missed reading yeah, and so that's yeah. Much. It was a coping mechanism yeah. for me when I was so in middle school. We moved from Illinois, outside of Chicago, to Richmond. Middle of seventh grade. Didn't know anybody. Everybody else had been together since kindergarten. And here I am, this new kid. Talk like I was from Chicago. So nobody understood me. I didn't understand this. <laughs> I didn't understand. Richmond more than here has it's, its southern, own. Yeah. It has its very own accent. It and it has its own vocabulary. And and I and there were so many. It was a culture shift. It was a huge culture shock. Moving from the Midwest to coming to the South. And Richmond, especially at the time, was deeply bitter about the Civil War. Like still. Mm-hmm. I don't think they are as much anymore because they took they took down Stonewall Jackson's statue, which floored me. Mm-hmm. But it was, and so everything I knew about the Civil War, I had to relearn mm-hmm. everything. And so it was really traumatic on some levels and being criticized for how I spoke and just having such a different perspective on everything than everybody around me. And Uh, I discovered books and mm -hmm. nobody would make fun of me. Mm -hmm. Nobody would. And here it is. I can delve into somebody else's, their troubles Mm -hmm. and their struggles. And I can walk with them through that. And at the end of the book, it's solved. And it, there was something really cathartic in it. And so I would literally get off the bus in the morning and go to the library and pull a book off and read until the bell rang and stick it back and then go to class. And then the next day I would pick it off the shelf and pick up again. Mm-hmm. And so it really became this lifeline for me. And I think that's where my really deep love of reading started. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you think if you read, then you're going to be a writer. But then we're back to the whole writing the novel thing. And no. Right. Just, mm-hmm. I, don't, I think eventually I will. I do. It makes me nervous on some levels. I don't know what I'll write about. I really don't. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it, they, they say every book ever written is really only a variation on four different themes. Okay. There are only four 
different plot lines ever. All right, enlighten me. I don't remember what they are. I would have to. I need to look back. It was Vonnegut. So Cinderella story is one of them. Yep. Which is essentially there's a revenge story. There's the romance story. There's I think there's a man versus man. Uh I can't remember. Yeah, but I've heard that before. Conquering adversity. But yeah, there's only a set limit, and some people go up to seven. There's only a set number of actual different plot lines and then everything else is a variation on that but then you look at music too and there's 12 notes yeah and yet look at how much variety you get out of those 12 notes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so it's amazing yeah yep all righty i think that's a perfect segue yeah That's fantastic. That was dichotomous with the with the the sound of the lightning round to have that little lightning round. Thanks, Joe. On the girls who do stuff, we do this fun thing called the lightning round where we rapid fire questions at you and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh crap. Why does everybody act surprised? (laughs) Like even people I know that listen to the show, they're like, oh, they're doing it. Like Every we weren't ever episode. going to not do the lightning round, but it gives Joe the chance to play the music. All right. You ready? Okay. What is your number one favorite book? From childhood, probably The Secret Garden. Oh, I love The Secret Garden. That is mm-hmm. a good movie because I do movies, not books. Good. Yeah, but it was amazing. Oh, the book was amazing. And A Little Princess. Mm-hmm. So both yep, of those. Too. Mm-hmm. Anne of Green Gables was another one. That was always a big favorite. Both the books and the movies. And those Mm -hmm. are ones I hold them both like really close to my heart. There's Mm -hmm. something, she's an INFP, I'm an INFP. There's just something about that whole. Did you like the Netflix reboot? My daughters liked it. No. Oh, I (laughs) did. I thought it was cute. I have a VHS. But you haven't read the books. I've not. I've watched the VHS tapes. (laughs) She's another one. Now, the books are really interesting because she is very verbose, too. And so she has these great long, and the way she names things, and, oh, this is White Way Delight, and this lake of shining waters. and She's Mm -hmm. got, like, this dramatic flair to her. It is. Yeah, you're a kindred spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the best advice you've ever been told? Charge them until they squeak and then back off. Interesting. I've never heard that phrase. I don't know what that is. I don't even know where I first heard that. But in business, charge them and up the price until they complain. And then you've charged them too much. Then you need to back your price off. Okay. Or back your sale. Uh, Like you push until. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. All right. That was a way to catch mice. (laughs) No, no mice. No no mice. No animals were harmed in the filming of this. What is your favorite place in the world? Oh, goodness. Usually my home, if I consider my home to be a sanctuary. And so I like my room to be my sanctuary. And so having things that are calming and that I look around and make me feel good. Mm -hmm. I like that. Who are the people that challenge you? I think other business women. At this stage of my life, I like looking at other women and seeing and celebrating their successes and seeing people have an idea and go out and make a place for themselves. And my daughter yesterday, and talking about my grandmother, because in Indiana, she was one of the first women to have a bank account in her name. Wow. And she looked at me and she's having this, why is that? I'm like, okay, but in that day, this was the perspective. And I said, girls were not 
they didn't go to college. And so her even going to college was a really big deal. I said back, they went to finishing school. We taught dance and foreign language and sewing. And because and our, and, because, and I said this, I said, because our tiny little delicate female brains can't handle the sciences and maths. And she made this face at me. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And you are growing up in an era where you have a woman who is going to be vice president. Mm-hmm. Like this is really important for you. Mm-hmm. How do you measure success? That's such a, that's a question. It's funny. That one changes based on where you are in life. And so I right think, now, how do you measure success? Because we agree with you, but. Yeah. Professional or personal? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it is rooted in, because part of design for me is transforming the world around me, mm-hmm. having this concept in my head and then putting it out and, and seeing it become a tangible thing. And so when I can do that on whatever level, there's a, a deep satisfaction to it and being able to create my own reality and say, I have this concept and now look at what it's become. I'm finishing three full years in business here this month. Mm-hmm. I'm still in business. I'm up probably about 15, no, I'm up about 30% year over year from last year. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. And so looking at that and being able to start the second business back up again, I feel stable in a way I don't think I have before. When I was in my my master's program, one of my big research projects on women entrepreneurs and that whole definition of what is success to you, like how do you define this and seeing this overlap between personal and professional, we don't really parse it out as a gender. And just, I think being able to do things financially that I haven't been able to do before. I just bought a brand new car a month ago. Congratulations. I would never have thought that would ever happen, but I've earned the right to be here. Mm-hmm. And so looking at that, I'm like, that's a really big accomplishment for me. If if your life was a story, mm-hmm. what genre would it be? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I'll just say nonfiction. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, <laughs> it would be memoir to the point of people looking at it as... Would it be like memoir slash self-help? Probably. Although I don't want to be the self-help person. (laughs) I don't want to be everybody else's therapist. But is it like sci-fi? Is it... Memoir is the... I know, memoir but is I a need creative more than nonfiction. That. I need more than that. Memoir is creative nonfiction. So it's not a biography and that it's not a factual account of things. It's your perspective on what happened. So somebody else's perspective could be different from mine. Mm-hmm. And so that's where memoir is really from what's inside your head. It's not necessarily supposed to be a, a very literal play by play of what happened. It's this is my perspective and this is how I felt. And so you write it to reflect that more than it being okay, this actually happened the way, and, and everybody can agree this happened the way it did. That's right. not mm-hmm. memoir. Mm-hmm. I think people would look at it as bending the realm of believability on some levels. What would the title be? Oh, the post-divorce manuscript was, I think I called it not a good day to give up. As in today is not a good, that I would literally get up every day and look at all the shit in, in front of me because it was a shit show. The kind where the judge looks at you at the end of one of the hearings and says, this is the worst, most contentious divorce I've ever seen. That was me. And so I would literally wake up and look at everything in front of me and everything that was happening and say, no, today is not a good day to give up. The title of Sadie's memoir. I hope. coming. Maybe. Eventually in decades. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not right now. Awesome. I'd buy it. If your life was a biopic, who would play you? If your life was made into a movie. Did I even? Maybe Charlize Theron. (laughs) 
I love her. <laughs> she she is such a chameleon. Do you know? I watched Bombshell. It was the other amazing. Week. Yeah. And there are parts of it. I looked at her and I'm like, she's not acting. That actually happened to her. You can tell the mm. looks on their faces, the the looks on those women's faces, and some of those scenes. I'm like, yep. those looks. No, and I they did such an amazing they did. job. Have you seen it? It was yet? good. It oh, was very you totally well done. need to watch Bombshell. It was very well it's, done. It was it a was little triggery. What do I need to? It's put on, on Prime. Oh, great! Is it on Prime? I, or I on, found um, it on Prime. And you know who mm. else I can see playing you is Kristen Stewart. I don't love her. Okay, and I'm she's too young her. for me. I don't know. I just watched her in, what was that movie that came out on Hulu? The Happiest Season? I haven't watched it. It's, she's really, she redeemed herself to me mm. in that movie. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just saying. And <laughs> Anne Hathaway. I could do Anne Hathaway. Ooh, she would, she would yes. be good for me. That, that mm-hmm. I can see. I can get yeah. on board with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All righty. Last question. Yeah. If your life was a theme song, what would it be? Bon Jovi, okay. It's My Life. That became an anthem. I love some Bon Jovi. Do you know they had on Sirius because I, I had the whole. Joe's gonna yell at me. No, but that like, we song. Can't he that. talked about it. He said uh, right before that record was cut, their producer died, and the first two lines in that song are for him. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, and so that line when he says, "And Frankie said I did it my way." He mm-hmm. said Richie Sambora came back. He's like, "What does that mean?" He said, "Frank Sinatra. He, he lived his yeah. life his way. He did these things. He did the movies. He did his music. He all these things. Even politically, he's like he lived his life his way." Mm-hmm. And yeah, years ago that kind of became an anthem. All right. I respect that. So. It's my life. Yep. All right, Sadie Harper, where can people find you? Uh, www.southernambition-nc.com. Okay. Second website is in progress. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Those things, Facebook, you know. Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find Sadie. She's much. She's being much more visible. I've been very proud this year. And one thing that Sadie does really well is shout out to other people and say, I'm, mm-hmm. I am impressed with how well you mm-hmm. guys are doing things. I like supporting especially women because mm-hmm. I think we need it more. And the more I've seen women supporting other women, we've built this community as small businesses in the area. Mm-hmm. And it's given foundation and confidence, I think, to a lot of us. You mm-hmm. know, we don't feel like we're striking out on our own, even though we right. are individual right. businesses. You can be in business for yourself, mm-hmm. but you're never by yourself. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mic drop. Good. All right. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe, like us, send us messages, comment, find us. We appreciate you. We like forming connection and community with our Mm -hmm. listeners as well. Yes, we do. We are the girls who do stuff. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. (laughs) And you You do do you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 